Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome into the Tuesday edition, Prospects and Props, Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner. And the, Chris, the, you got a new quarterback. The, Chris, you got a new quarterback. Chris, you got a new quarterback. Chris, the benefits. Chris, Chris. The benefits Chris. of doing this show the way that we do it, where we record the day early, uh, the day before, is we can kind of sneak in some information as it happens. And Jamie is hinting at what broke about, I would say, 45 minutes to an hour before our scheduled recording time. And that is that the deal, it's not super finalized, but it's pretty, it's closer than where it was probably for the last six weeks or so. Uh, the Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers, and we now know the trade compensation uh, that will be going back to Green Bay in the deal. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, how it impacts the draft, because there are some draft implications to this, specifically in the first round. Um, we will talk about what it might do to the Jets' win total, uh, their Jets' Super Bowl odds, all sorts of things to discuss here. Uh, we've got some buzz about first-round running backs. We have buzz about Paris Johnson Jr. So all of that are the focus of today's show. I don't know how long the therapy session is going to be for us to discuss Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jamie, I, I will first pass the baton to you, my friend. I would love to get oh, okay. your thoughts on the trade being finalized not that it happened I think we all expected that it was going yeah, to happen but we now know the trade compensation piece of it and uh I would love to get your thoughts first before I go on whatever it, it whatever is going to follow is described as a rant so whatever that looks like when you're done yeah I mean it, it's a lot um it's not totally unexpected I think the compensation is kind of aligned where I thought it might be um, a couple fun little wrinkles in there, but let, let's say what this really is. And, and what it really is, is that conditional pick for next year is a first round pick that could be a second if Rodgers get hurt, not the other way around. Um, so, cause Rodgers, is, if he's not, if he's on the field, he's going to play 65% of the snaps. So they could, you know, jets can spin this as they didn't trade a first for Rodgers all they want. They absolutely did. Unless things get go off the, freaking rails injury wise which is like worst case scenario for them but um my, my initial reaction was wow the packers pretty much got everything they wanted for the most part uh that was within reason uh you know obviously we had some uh chris i know you did a tdn daily uh with some packers fans mm-hmm. and had some unrealistic expectations but i thought in terms of what we reasonably expected green bay to get in his compensation I thought they they pretty much got what they wanted. Uh, they got they snuck in that nice little thirteen to fifteen pick swap in the first round as well, which I think actually could get interesting. We'll talk about that element of it later, of what it means for both the Packers and the Jets. Because yes, it's only two spots, but it could actually change. I think who the Packers take uh, with their first round pick for the Jets. I mean, I think we have to have a conversation about where Aaron Rodgers currently is among the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I think there's been an assumption that I have seen on social and that you have shared with me from various tweets and Reddit sub threads and all this other stuff about, you know, the Jets are getting one of the five best quarterbacks of all time. Well, the Jets are getting one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but are they still getting the quarterback that's going to be? 
the best quarterback of all time. So, or one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So we'll have that discussion as well. Uh, if we wanted to do who won the trade, the Packers won the trade. I get why the Jets did this. I get why the Jets regime feels like we are teetering on losing our jobs and we have to take a swing and Aaron Rodgers is our best hope. But I do think they gave up a lot and I wish I had that assurance that I wouldn't be giving up a one next year if Aaron Rodgers was going to play next year. Uh, I think that lack of assurance concerns me a bit because I do think the Jets are a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they're one of the three best teams in the AFC. And so I think they're going to need a lot to happen if they want to go then win the Super Bowl. And if they only get one year out of Aaron Rodgers, then this is a bad trade. And I guess we, we don't know the answer to that question until we get a year plus from now. But I, it's, it's a gamble for New York. I understand why they did it. There are worse trades that have been made, but it's a gamble. And I don't know. I feel like you you have the strong opinion on the Jets side that, that you would like to share. So I will turn the floor to you. But uh, I do not think this is the home run that some people are trying to make this out to be. Uh, this is going to make me, what I'm about to say o- over however long it takes me to get through all of this, it is going to make me a contrarian amongst people that work in this space that are Jets fans and discuss the Jets. It just is. Um, I look at this from a perspective of not trying to come off as that guy. I am not trying to be the guy that looks at every single move the Jets makes the Jets make through the negative prism, right? I attempt to look for the positives. I attempt to look for the bigger picture, the long-term vision for what they're trying to do and try to give credit where credit is due. I don't want to be the guy that comes on here and screams and rants and raves about the idea that the Jets got a guy who just won back-to-back MVP just a few short years ago and has been one of the best quarterbacks of my lifetime. I don't want to be that guy that sits here uh, and does that, right? But what I will say is, as Jamie is just eloquently for the video listeners of the show, and I didn't know what he was doing, he's gotten a pillow, he left the screen for a little bit, he now has, I think it's a blanket, yeah, he's got a blanket, he's ready to go, okay, so I'll continue, and Jamie will come back at some point here, he's got, okay, now, okay, I'll let this visual bit play out for everybody on the YouTube version of the show. Chris, I, Chris call me when you're, when you're sure, done. Sure, sure, I'll let you know, some beauty yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm done. Um, I am sitting, you know, I don't want to be that guy, right? They, 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 got, they got this quarterback. But I can't help but look at this and say, I don't know how better off the Jets are going to be in the medium term. Not even in the long term, in the medium term. I'm old enough to remember that Aaron Rodgers went on a podcast and said that he went into this offseason 90% retired. Now, unless that 90% retired was because he didn't want to deal with Green Bay anymore, and now he's going to come to the lovely, cozy, very accepting place that is New York and have no problems, run into zero issues, and want to play for another couple of years, that's a separate conversation that we could have. But Aaron Rodgers more than likely is only going to play one year. So if this is, and, and this entire offseason we've looked at the Jets quarterback situation through the prism of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have to make the playoffs, they have to find success, they have to break through in order to keep their jobs. So they go out and they make this massive trade for Aaron Rodgers in order for them to keep their jobs, quote-unquote. Let's say they get through the season, and let's say they make the playoffs, they don't win a Super Bowl, they, they lose in the first or second round, or they go to the conference championship and lose, whatever the case may be, and Aaron Rodgers decides to retire. Well, now they're in a situation where they find themselves in the same spot they were in in the 2023 offseason with no available resources to be able to fix that problem. They don't have a first-round pick that they can move up. They don't have a quarterback already on the roster. 
I uh, don't know what their cap situation is going to look like, depending on the way the Rodgers trade ultimately you know, pans out from a money perspective. So they're in a worse situation, but everybody wants to tell me that hey, it's fine, but they've kept their jobs. What's to say that if they miss the playoffs in 2024 because they don't have a quarterback, that Woody Johnson doesn't go, well, it was clearly just Aaron Rodgers that was able to take us over the, over the top. The, the quarterback that you guys picked didn't work out. So you guys are done. You're out of here. So this idea that this is a job-saving maneuver, I get it. That's clearly the, the impetus behind it. But I don't think it actually does what they say it's going to do unless at the end of the season, Woody Johnson is being handed the Lombardi Trophy. Jamie, I'm going to ask you to help here. Who's Who's got the who's got the Super Bowl this year? What broadcast company? Uh, um, uh, I don't know. Okay, so either uh, either Jim Nance or or uh, um, who's going to be for NBC? Al Michaels or Mike Tirico or, or any one of those guys has to hand Woody Johnson the trophy for this to be a true job. CBS. CBS. So Jim CBS. Nance, Jim Nance is going to hand the trophy to Woody Johnson for this to be considered a job-saving maneuver. So I'm skeptical. Um, I would have much rather them give up 13 clean this year, no protections, whatsoever. just give up 13, keep the two second-rounders in this year's class, and keep that first-rounder next year. I think that sets you up to do the best of both worlds, to be able to protect Aaron this year, give him everything that he needs, while also hedging against the idea of you being able to, to have to take a quarterback next year. But yeah, Jamie, I don't think they're I, – I don't think – I think they're the third-best team in their division. I think they're at best the seventh or eighth-best team in the AFC and I have been screaming from the mountaintops as loud as everybody can hear you can attest to this that Aaron Rodgers spent a decade in the nice cushy NFC where he was clearly the best quarterback and could never break through to make it to that second Super Bowl so now I have to believe that he's going to come to New York and in the playoffs have to face some combination because it's going to be multiple of these guys it's going to in some way have to face a combination probably on the road of Joe Burrow Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert potentially Lamar Jackson Trevor Lawrence that's six teams right there that I just named. Miami and Tua Tungavailoa. That's seven teams I just got to. So, yeah, I, I'm completely out on this. Again, I said it in a tweet when the, when the move happened. I'm glad it's over. I'm going to root for Aaron Rodgers in the New York Jets. I'm not going to root against my team next season, and I want them to, to be as successful as humanly possible. But I am... I believe I am smart enough in the football space to see that there are more likely scenarios in which the Jets sit in the 2024 offseason looking back at this and saying, boy, did we F this up. Boy, was this a terrible decision. We are not suited to be able to, to, to work this out long term. And Jamie, again, I don't want to talk bad about my team. But for people to make the assumption that a team that won, that won seven games last year and is young all across the board is going to all of a sudden be vaulted into this Super Bowl contender status because of Aaron Rodgers, I think is is people being misguided in how rosters develop over the course of their life cycle. I'm sorry, I'm not going to believe that adding 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden is going is just going to sprinkle this magical dust over this team in which they're going to all of a sudden be able to figure out how to win these close games that they lost a year ago. I also think it's worth noting, too, how remarkably healthy their defense was last year and whether or not they'll be able to replicate that sort of level. We don't know. Could you imagine if Sauce Gardner misses games, if Quinn and Williams misses some games, if DJ Reed has to miss some games, the difference that that but would let, make? Let's, but let's talk specifically about Rodgers for a second. Okay. Because I, I think we have to acknowledge that, yes, he's coming off of back-to-back -back MVP seasons from a couple of years ago. But he took a noticeable step back last year. But Jamie's thumb, he had, th he had thumb injury, Jamie. It was just, it was just the thumb. It was he, just the thumb injury. Okay. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I also know 39-year-olds don't heal like 29-year-olds don't heal like 19-year-olds. So, uh, again, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't a good quarterback. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't a massive upgrade over what the Jets have been putting out there in recent years. I question whether or not Aaron Rodgers is this top five passer in the NFL 
that people will have will, will proclaim and have proclaimed on social media today. I don't know if I can just say that definitively right now that that's what you're going to get. Are you going to get an upgrade? Yes. Are you going to be a team that is going to be put in a position to be a playoff team? Absolutely. Are you a team that could get quote unquote frisky in the postseason? Sure. But I do have I do think there are some questions that we have to ask about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is an elite passer anymore. Not if he's not a good passer, not even not a great passer, but I think we have to ask if he is an elite passer anymore. And quite frankly, the Jets can't move conferences, as you said. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that is holding going to hold them back from ultimately making this the a top level success is that. But if they do get two years out of Aaron Rodgers or heaven forbid, three years out of Aaron Rodgers, it changes the equation there are, right now. It feels like it's more likely you're going to get one year. There are two things that change the equation in my mind that Aaron Rodgers plays two, two years or more with you and plays at a level that we're accustomed to him being right. I mean, it's one thing for him to play for two seasons. It's one, one, it's another thing for him to be good for two seasons. Correct. But if you can get close to the MVP level over the next two years, if he were to play for two years, that changes how I feel about this. Cause then you don't really need the 2024 first to get a quarterback because, okay, we've got Aaron Rodgers. We'll worry about that at a yeah. future time. Or if they win a Super Bowl, if uh, winning cures everything, if you win a Super Bowl and you're well, picking 32nd, here, Green Bay, have fun. Enjoy the pick. Well, I'll still be drunk. I, I'll still be celebrating. And I think that's that's where it comes back to that condition on that other pick. Because, and I understand that it's easier on my side to say, you know, from, from here, not a part of the deal. Oh, for us to say, say you oh, should have done, done this. these right, conditions. Right, right, right. But ideally, and, and again, maybe this was the hangup, and I think this is this deal that happened on Monday shows the Jets were the ones that blinked first. And I think I think that makes it pretty clear in my mind. But if you were to have attached that two to one to be either we win a Super Bowl this year, or Aaron Rodgers plays snaps for us, or doesn't retire, or whatever it was. I, I know it gets a little weird before snaps for next year's draft, but like. Those are the two conditions that I would think that if I were the Jets, I would have liked to have had there. One of the two. Because right. either one of those makes up for it. If you can guarantee me one of those two things, it's absolutely worth the trade that I made. My concern is, is I don't know if they're going to get either. Uh, yeah, and again, if if there were conditions put on it, and again, I, I'm assuming this probably came up in the conversation of the idea that we know that the Jets wanted to add some level of see. Here's where here's where I get a little lost. Right, we had all of these reports, and it wasn't just one report; it was multiple reports that the holdup was the Jets wanted some level of protection against the idea of Rodgers retiring in 2024. Jamie, I look at this trade, and if that's the if that's the framework that I'm working under. What did the Jets do to protect themselves in 2024? It, it looks Not like they thing. it looks like they caved. It looks like they caved in the other they direction. Did. And so they that's did. and that's the holdup that that's I have. That's why I said here. they blinked first and, here. And this is why I go all the way back to and I feel incredibly uh, valid to be the person that says this because anyone that will listen to me and has listened to me doing any t type of show here for the Draft Network or on Twitter knows where I stood on this. This is why putting all of your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket and not just signing a Derek Carr or not just signing a Jimmy Garoppolo comes back to rear its ugly head because you reached a point where you had to do the deal. You had to get Aaron Rodgers in the building, and that meant 
you are either going to have to cave or be willing to take on the pain of waiting this out. And again, the framework behind this was this was a job-saving maneuver for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. So they were going to be the guys that ultimately did the caving. Now, again, it could all work out. They could be great. But I'm here to tell you as a Jets fan, and Jamie, you are the first person to tell me when, when I'm not thinking correctly about something. Yeah. If the Jets make the playoffs next year and break the, the longest professional sports streak of not making a playoffs, right, in, in, in you know, all of the four major major leagues— if yeah, they make the Sacramento guy. right, if they make the playoffs and lose yeah. in the first round, I'm going to come on this podcast and not feel good. I'm not going to feel great about that. That's not that doesn't make me feel great, especially when then I'm going to have to go into the darkness retreat with Aaron Rodgers to figure out whether or not he's going to be my quarterback in 2024. Well, so I don't I don't feel any better if they break this this curse that is over this team and make the playoffs if it doesn't mean long term success because they could go right back to being irrelevant and right back to being the third best team. Well, oh, by the way, which is what I think they already are, the third best team yeah. in their own division. And I think it's also interesting when you think about like you've also signed yourself up for this drama next offseason. Yeah. You have signed yourself back up for the Aaron Rodgers. Will he? Won't he? For months and months on end next year. Yeah. So, so just enjoy. like just like you did your your little comedic bit for the show where you grabbed the blanket, you grabbed the towel. You that's that's me at the end of the season. Whenever the Jets season, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in hibernation, and then I'll come out when we we find out news about Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I I, un, I unequivocally do not like this trade for the New York Jets. Um, I think they gave up too much. Um, it, by the way, uh, kudos to the Packers fans. I mean, you got you got a great haul here. You got a great return that I think is going to be able to set up, um, you know, you for uh, for success for Jordan Love. You got draft picks to be able to invest and. Um, yeah, I am. I'm just. I'm just not on board with this because I think there are only a few specific outcomes where this will then be looked back on as a good trade. And Jamie, I'll ask you the question that I asked my roommate a little bit ago because he asked me my reaction to the news, and I said, of all of the potential likely outcomes for the New York Jets in 2023, so all of the potential things from missing the playoffs yeah. to making the playoffs and getting knocked out in the first round to going to the conference championship game, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, where would you rank winning the Super Bowl? Because for me, I wouldn't have it in the top three likely options for the New York Jets, and that's what makes me come come down on this trade and say I'm not a fan. Because to me, yeah. winning the Super Bowl yeah. is the only way that we are going to be able to look back on this and say, wow, what a great trade. I think in more of the situations situations and the scenarios and the more of the timelines that play out we are going to look back we are going to be doing a podcast Jamie a year from now when the season's over and Aaron Rodgers maybe has decided to retire and we're going to be like wow the Jets really didn't set themselves up for success because now they will have screwed their ability to get a quarterback in 2024 and that young core that they've built will now not have a quarterback and then soon you're going to have to pay sauce soon you're going to have to pay Garrett Wilson uh, DJ Reed's contract's going to come up and you're going to have to figure that out so I do not I think this is an all-in gamble for an extreme short-term window for a team that didn't need to go down this road but the GM and head coach felt extremely pressured to, to be able to go down this road now I gotta tell you Jamie I the, the biggest thing that would make me the happiest guy in the world prove me wrong team go out there and win 13 14 games be exceptional make it to the Super Bowl make me eat all my words I just don't feel right now with the way that this team is currently constructed that that is going to be the case hate to say I agree with you but I do uh, and, and I think that's, that would be my biggest concern on this. But but let's take another spin on this, Chris, because okay. I, I want to talk about the, the first-round picks that got swapped in this deal, 13 for 15. I got to tell you, this Fs everything up for me. I had it all mapped out in my predictive mock, and it screws everything up. Everything's messed up. I got to rework everything. Yeah, it's uh, – it... So here, here's the way I look at this, because I, I think there, there are two ways. From the Jets' perspective, I, I do worry about the Patriots – snagging an offensive lineman right in front of you now 
Um, we know that, I mean, the Patriots can go a few different directions, but we know there's interest in like Darnell Wright, maybe Broderick Jones, who I have mocked to the Jets. Uh, I'm, I'm a little worried that the Patriots could snipe the Jets of an offensive lineman. Well, there's a good chance that Parrish Johnson is not going to be on the board. We'll get to that story in a second. We'll talk about that in a second. You are, But I didn't have him on the board for you anyway. You have convinced me that Darnell Wright will not be there, right? So if they're going to go tackle the Patriots, it's really yeah. Broderick Jones or they believe Skaronsky can play tackle. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. if they take if they take um, Broderick Jones, the Jets are going to be, you know, the Will Smith meme from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when he's yep. looking at That's going to be Joe Douglas on draft night. So to me... This screams like the Jets maybe don't want to take a tackle, and they maybe want to put themselves in a position to trade back again. That's my early hunch on this. Oh, I, I just think it's more of it. I think they, I think they could, they could be a very good trade back spot. Um, high quarterback falls maybe mm -hmm. uh, for a team to trade up. Maybe it's a Hendon Hooker trade up spot for somebody. Um, but for me, I think I, I am now more convinced the Packers are not going to take a tight end. Yeah, I think we can rule that out. At 13, I think uh, we can rule that uh, out. Yeah, because I, 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 Jackson Smith and Jigba is still in play there, obviously. I think that would be a really good spot for him. But I, I really had a hard time between Jason and Dalton Kincaid in that spot, and I cannot see them taking Dalton Kincaid at 13. And you're like, well, what's in between 13 and 15? I was a little uncomfortable putting him at 15, which is why I didn't. Uh, so to take him at 13, you're now going to have give yourself a much better chance to get that. Maybe you get a Nolan Smith that falls. Maybe you are more likely to take a Lucas Van Ness or a Miles Murphy or, you know what I mean? So like you start to think about the potential options and the opportunity cost and it changes ever so slightly. Uh, so I, to me, I think this makes it a little bit more likely the Packers forego a tight end in the first round, maybe or more in on JSN. And for the Jets, it might hinder their ability to get a tackle that they want, and it might be a trade-back spot for well, them. Well, here's why I say trade-back spot, right? If the tackles are not available to them, Jamie, I can't figure out what position they'll go. None of their needs, from a team perspective, match up value-wise. They need a safety. That doesn't match up. They need linebacking yeah. help. That doesn't really match up. Yeah, you're not taking a linebacker. They need an interior. They would probably love an interior offensive lineman to ultimately replace Connor McGovern down the road, who they just re-signed yeah. today. I but think they're a jo sneaky John Michael Schmidt at spot, 15, but not 15. That feels a little rich to probably me. Probably not. Right. Probably so now, not so now it's like, okay, do they get another wide receiver because they traded Elijah Moore? I mean, they just spent the offseason. Not the Packers take one, right? Are you gonna like? Right. You at that point are then taking what's you know wide receiver. You're two? taking Addison or Johnston right. or Flowers? Everybody's like, oh, Chris, they might take a tight end. They just signed C.J. Ozoma and Tyler Conklin. They spent a, 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 a day two pick on Jeremy Ruckert. Like, they could, but like then that room gets a little crowded. It doesn't add up to me. So it's either tackle or I think they are going to be frantically calling everybody they know to potentially recoup some of the draft capital that they gave up here. Because yeah. right now, by the way, I don't mean to bring us back down this rabbit hole, but the draft pick equivalent of what occurred here was they gave up the value that is equivalent to the seventh overall pick in this trade, with all, yeah. the, including the swaps, and including everything. They gave up the value yeah, of the seventh overall pick. And I think that's notable here too is that they don't have that back to back in the second anymore. They right. don't and have they, 42, 43. And they, they gave one of those picks. And, and they gave away. What a weird decision this was. They gave up 42 instead of 43. Really, that was the hang-up? You couldn't get, you couldn't t give 43 and keep the it's one so in front? It's so petty that I love that the well, Packers made that. Well, like, I mean, come it's on, so Joe. What are we doing here? The, fa the fact that the Packers made them f drop down two spots and give up the f one versus the other is hilarious. It's me. absurd. Uh, but, but it does change what they do here because, you know, you start talking about what guys that they could have targeted there. Well, all of a sudden – they don't have as many as much volume there on day two, so it, it is really interesting. And I, even though again, it's only two spots in the first round, it's forty two versus forty three. 
does change some things a little bit. And also, again, boy, could it be interesting if the Packers want to, if, if the, the Jets do like a receiver, but they like the second round receivers, the Packers don't go receiver in the first, right. they can snipe them from a receiver at 42. Right, now you've got a team directly nope. in front of you that could be picking the same position. It'll, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, again, I don't like to trade. Um, I, I think it, it impacts the draft in a lot of ways. I think it's going to, you know, I think it takes tight end off the table for the Packers, like we said, and it really muddies the waters for me even more about what the Jets might do um, now at 15 instead of 13. I really don't know uh, ultimately what is in the cards uh, for them. Um, we talked about offensive tackle, and it leads us to yep. another story that we want to discuss here on the show, Jamie. There's a lot of noise about the idea that Paris Johnson Jr. is going to go higher than everybody thinks. And there have been even more reports that Kyler Murray has told the Arizona Cardinals front office, you know, would like to have that guy Paris Johnson Jr. wearing those brand new spiffy Cardinals jerseys next season. So, I mean, mean, we can just lock it in right now. I can fix my predictive mock here written down. I just cross out what I had there and put Paris Johnson Jr. there to the Cardinals at three. So are you telling me I'm supposed to believe the guy that doesn't read his own playbook? Is no, don't do this. Ohio State offensive lineman? Don't do this. Is that, is that, what, is that what you're telling me? Are you, so you're not um, buying this? I'm not not buying it. I'm not buying it at three. Am I buying that the Cardinals are looking for offensive line upgrades? Absolutely. They have done a ton of work these last few months on offensive line. A ton. They are absolutely interested. But I don't think it's at three. Because there is not anybody in this class on the offensive line that is worthy of a top five pick. There just isn't. So if they trade Man. with Vegas, so Vegas can get C.J. Stroud, they could take Paris Johnson Jr. at it's seven. A whole different story. I think Vegas could take Paris Johnson at seven. I wouldn't rule out that spot for them. I think he'd be a great fit there. Yeah, if they trade down to seven, if they trade down to eleven, if they trade somewhere, you know, they trade somewhere else. Uh, I don't think Chris, if they do the little thing that you want to do and have them trade one spot to, to Indy, it makes any difference. I still don't no. think Paris Johnson yeah, no. at four anymore than I take him at three. Uh, I don't buy they're going to take him at three. Uh, could I rule anything out with that organization? No, I really can't. But I, I do not I do not see them having a high enough grade on Paris Johnson to, to put a top five pick into him. But if they do trade back, I could see them him being a very a target. And obviously he's been a, he's been a pretty heavily mocked player on a trade back to Arizona. So I can absolutely see that interest there. But I, I, I would be floored. There's not a lot of things that would floor me at the top of this draft, just considering how weird it, this is going to be. But I think I'd be floored if Paris Johnson went third overall. We're going to play everybody's favorite game here on Prospects and Props. We're going to play the game of big deal, little deal, or no deal. And we are going to play it with a tweet that I sent to Jamie when we were doing some pre-show prep. Uh, Peter Schrager, obviously the NFL Network, put out yep. the what he heard over the weekend 72 hours out from the NFL draft. So I'm going to give you each of these statements, Jamie. You tell me big deal, little deal, or no deal, and we'll discuss whether or not it changes how we feel about what's going to happen uh, on Thursday night. So thing number one, big deal, little deal, no deal, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs will both go in the first round. Um, I think it's a big deal worth discussing now because we're starting to see some shift. I I know you believe this. I still don't think it happens. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the odds. I don't are, think Jameer Gibbs gets the drafted. The odds, the odds are in my favor. And this was another thing they, we're going to talk about the For the first time show. in this entire draft cycle, the they over, are now in your favor. The over on total running backs drafted in the first round, minus 155. The under, plus 115. Uh, and I believe this was from uh, DraftKings, was the sports book that you screenshot it to me. Because yes. I can see the way the font is laid out here. Yeah, um, the green the green font yeah, gives it, it away. Gives it away. I mean, Jamie, you know you know my Galaxy Brain idea that's going to be know. my predictive mock. I'm sticking with this. This is my thing that I'm going to I'm gonna go. Me on Thursday. Thursday, when it happens, you're going to want to be on the TD and Premium Live watch along because I'm going to go nuts if I end up being right. 
so th there's a, there's a parlay you have to do in your head with this. If Bijan goes eight to the Falcons, then I think there's a higher, a much higher likelihood that Jameer Gibbs goes in round one. And I know that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, to, but because, but to me, I think there's then enough RB needy teams later because you start to push guys down the board, and then maybe like, oh well, now New England maybe doesn't want to go with a running back or go with somebody like that because another you know, tackle's coming off the board, and also like. If Bijan starts to slide, I don't see two running backs coming off the board within 15 picks. If Bijan if Bijan gets out of the top 12, I agree with you. Okay. I just do not believe Bijan's getting out of the top 12. I do. Okay, and so that that's where the fundamental that, disagreement that's yeah, I, occurs I that allows me to get there. Running. Yeah, I, but it, it's it's a it's a notable deal. It's somewhere. It's a medium deal. I'm going to break the game on the first one. Medium yep, deal. Medium deal. That wasn't what we said at all here. Okay, big deal, little deal, or no deal. Jalen Carter won't fall out of the top six. Little deal. People have been saying this the whole time. Nobody knows where Jalen Carter is going, me included. He could literally go anywhere from five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. He could go three to Arizona. He could. Not a chance. Could. I don't think so. All right, so you're going. You're going you know what? You're right. He could. I'm not going to put You know what? You're right. It's the Cardinals. They could do anything. No. Trust me. With what infrastructure? Never mind. I don't think they would, but yes, it's not. It's it's less unlikely than Paris Johnson. I hope you go on a rant on this one. Statement number three. Tight end Sam Laporta could go before tight end Darnell Washington. He could. Would be, would be malpractice. If you take Sam Laporta over Darnell Washington. He should, but he could. Like, the, the tight end, like, that's not a blasphemous statement given yeah. where I know teams have a lot I of know, these guys. I know, but Darnell Washington's, the the, like, the most well-rounded tight end prospect of the group. I, I Yes, I prefer Darnell Washington, but I'm not – this, this is predictive, not what he what he thinks talent-wise. And predictively, it's possible. So, little deal, no deal? You're going to give this a little no deal? deal? No deal. It's a no deal. This is definitely a no deal for you, this statement number four. Arizona is open for business at number three. Yeah, that's a no shit deal. They've been open for business and they probably overplayed their hand, which is why we're, there's rumblings about teams trading up to number two. There's still time to save it because as far as I know, a trade to number two has not happened yet. Uh, but man, like I, I feel like they over they overplayed their hand with Carolina from what I was told and they might be overplaying their hand now and we'll see what happens. If they, but I, I think they would it, they would be really sorry if they don't trade out of that third spot. The fifth statement, which I'm going to also give the no shit deal to, because I've been saying this for months now. Houston is not scared to pass on a QB. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Thanks. Welcome to the party. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes if you are a casual fan that's just kind of getting back into the you're NFL like, draft this week, you're probably not listening to this podcast. You're but like, like, what? You're like, I could see that being a thing. Houston not taking like, a quarterback. Everybody else, we're, we're already we're already beyond this. That was last week's news. Yeah, no deal. Uh, so okay, so we didn't have any big deals really. None, none of these rose yeah. to the level of big deal. Um, no, so, we had a one medium deal, and that was it. Uh, we have a couple of takes here. Do you want to discuss the idea? And we mentioned mentioned the report that had Paris Johnson potentially going highest three. Uh, Devin Witherspoon's name was also listed in that report as a player that could go higher than people think. I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 I know Devin the tough Witherspoon. the tough thing for me is I have Devin Witherspoon as a top six player. So like, I, Devin it, Witherspoon is absolutely in play at five to Seattle. Okay, then there you so go. I, I, and I, I, I thought about putting him there. 
And if Will Anderson does end up going, like part of me really wants to, I can everyone wants to put Jalen Carter there. If we have Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson go two, three. That's exactly what I, I have. Would, well, I would put Witherspoon over Carter. Really? Five you see, this is yeah. information I need. Personally. Let me, let me write this down. Personally. Let me write this down. Let me write this down. Personally. So I this is both are reasonable. So this is, this is not a reasonable picks. Sourced information. I, this is just your, what you would do. Uh, well, so I have sourced information that they really like Devin Witherspoon. Not that specifically they would take Witherspoon, Witherspoon over, over Carter. No, that's my mm. speculation. Okay. Okay. But I, I know they like Devin Witherspoon a lot. And I know, but there's, there's the other element of that's like, hey, this regime has never taken a first round corner. But like, you've never done anything until you do it the first time. It's true. So, it's true. I, so, you know what I mean? Like, I like, could Howie Roseman take a running back? Like, he hasn't done it yet, but he could. Like, so we're, we've talked all about that. But yes, I do think Witherspoon is in play as high as five. Uh, we have a, a food take to close out the show here today. So okay. we're, we're going to end it. We're going to end the show on a, uh, on a fun note. Let's take from Dolphins craze. Eating in your car is objectively a bad experience. It's a good take. Well, I want more details about this before I'm willing to say good take or bad take. Because I will tell no, you. this I, is a good take. I will tell you. I did this the other day. What scenario, Chris, is it, is it enjoyable to eat in your car? I will tell you. The other day, I had to go. I had an appointment at 1 o'clock. I had to go somewhere to pick up something. But I was out running some errands, and my errands finished up a little bit earlier ahead of time. So I'm like, ah, you know what I'll do? I'll go get some lunch. But I was out already. So I'm like, all right, I'll stop at my a, a local chicken establishment, a Chick-fil-A. And I stopped in the drive-thru. It's a local. Local. Like, yeah, local the, chicken. It's very niche. Yes, yeah, very niche. niche. I know. I know. Maybe you okay. should try it sometimes. So I, I got I got my Chick-fil-A, and I decided, you know what? I'm already out. If I drive home, by the time I get back out, it's not going to work timing-wise for my 1 o'clock thing. So I'll just, I'll just pull into the parking lot. And I'll sit, I'll, I'll, I'll watch some YouTube videos, I'll listen to some podcasts, catch up for the day, and I'll eat food there. I, it was a very good experience. I enjoyed myself. It was a nice day outside. But would you have ever down. preferred that? If, Pref if it was not for your tight schedule, would you have ever chosen to yeah, eat I mean, there, in the there, parking lot over your home? I mean, there are times where like, I'll be sitting here at this desk and I eat and I'm staring at the screen all day, so I would like to go eat someplace else. Yeah, so I, I preferred it. It was enjoyable. And in your car? Would you ever? Would you choose to eat in your car and I wouldn't your go, house I, or in the restaurant? Right now, I wouldn't go out and sit in my car and eat. No, that seems pretty foolish. Exactly, because it's not as enjoyable as But it's as just foolish. What am I going to do? Turn the car? Like, I got to open the garage, turn the car? Like, come on, it just seems seems kind of silly. Because people have done way more foolish things for enjoyable experience. I mean, it's just foolish to me. So I, I, I disagree so, that it's objectively a bad experience. Maybe you're just a bad eater. Okay, maybe I should say this. It's a suboptimal experience. Because like the follow-up was... Maybe bad's the wrong word. The follow-up take to this from Corey was like, depends on what you're eating, but it almost always ends up on your floor or in the cracks regardless. Maybe you guys just are bad eaters. No, I mean, it's, I'm not worried about the mess. I just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Like, it just doesn't. Like, sometimes it, it, it's a, it's a necessity. It's on a road trip. You're driving. You gotta have to. You have to consume something. Right, but I never. It, it's a thing I, you do. I never sit there and go, "Darn, I'm eating in the car." I. This is such a terrible experience. You just eat in the car. Yeah, it's not great. It's really. By the way, it's also big. why. This goes back to like the Sonic in and out conversation we had. It goes back to eating in your car. No. Right, you get the Sonic. They they roll a Sonic out to you. You eat in the car. It's great. I'm out. Okay. I hate that for you. Take that shit home. I hate to that the for office. you. A lot of, lot of expletives in today's show today for, for seemingly no reason. And none of them during the Aaron Rodgers rant by me, which is very Yeah, weird. I don't know how we got through all I don't of that. Know, I don't know how we got there. Um, all right, folks, that's going to do it for us here on the Tuesday edition of the show. We obviously have more uh, draft coverage coming for you uh, all week long. Um, and, and obviously, you, you've seen it here on the show today. If breaking news changes things, changes the dynamics of how the draft is going to play out in a couple of days, we will obviously bring you the news and our thoughts on it here each and every day. So please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can check out the YouTube 
version of the show, and you're certainly going to want to see the YouTube version of today's show for some of the antics that Jamie pulled uh, during the Jets conversation. Um, so you can do so at the Draft Network on YouTube. Uh, if you want to submit your take for Takes on Takes, you got me at Twitter, at Chris Schubert underscore, Jamie on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner. Or if you're a member of the TDM Premium Discord, you can do so um, in the Takes on Takes channel uh, there as well. So I hope everybody has a great rest of their day. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.